Thank you for tuning in. I am Tristan, and you are listening to Fuse, Transparent Conversations for Marriage, Family, and Relationships. I invite you to join me as I discuss perspectives that are thought about but not talked about. So tell your friends and family to check me out and connect with us on social media at Fuse Marriages or join the conversation at FuseMarriages.com. Well, as you can see, today I am riding solo. Um, last week, Michael really took on a huge topic, talking about the, de-es- the demasculation of of men. And today I want to talk about a little something that might be controversial, that might be um, something that you agree or disagree with. So I hope to hear from you. So check out any of our social media platforms at Fuse Marriages or um, make sure that you send a comment. You can email info at fusemarriages.com. So before I jump into this, I really just want to thank all of you for your continued support, your comments, um, sharing your experiences, um, really being able to have a dialogue back and forth. Um, So thank you, and I hope that today is no exception. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you have to say on this topic, even if you disagree with me. I'm, I'm a big girl, and we can handle it. We can go back and forth and kind of just exchange ideas and grow for one another. And it's definitely different not being here with my co-host. So I'm going to need y'all's interaction with me. Okay. So um, in today's topic, we are really jumping into the, the deep end of the pool as we do here on Fuse, because my topic today is the danger of the strong woman narrative. So we hear all the time, um, strong black woman. Um, in some cases. And, you know, we have a wide range of listeners, but we have heard that. I have heard that the idea of being a strong black woman or a strong woman. And I really want to focus on the dangers of that today. Okay. So this, this could be an ongoing series, but I just want to hear from you all today. Um, I have three topics that I'm going to, I'm going to just jump right into and talk with me. Okay. So my first thought, about this is addressing the most obvious of why this is a dangerous narrative um, is the relationship between man and woman. So let me put this out there at, at the forefront. There is nothing wrong with being strong. Okay, so I don't have um, a general negative feeling about being a strong woman or being a strong woman of color or being just strong, period. My conversation is really what does that narrative really mean and why was it attributed to women at all particularly women of color african-american women why is that the thought why is that the adjective that is used to describe us in our totality okay so as we kind of talk about this the way that i have thought about it and i'm i'm really brainy like i said i don't have my counterpart so i'll try not to stay too much in my head as i've kind of thought this through myself um but i believe that that narrative, the first danger that I want to discuss is how it creates distance between male-female relationships and, and how, it, um, can, um, how it supports the breakdown of the family. Now, this is not to say, if y'all have listened to me any amount of time, I am not the doormat kind of thought process, the super subservient wife um, and that whole idea. But what I think that it does is it creates isolation through um, offering distance between both physical and emotional um, between men and women. So one of the things that I think has happened is 
over time, um, there has been like women have been taken advantage of. And because we have been taken advantage of in such a consistent pattern that the representation of the woman has had to be strong. Um, and that takes away, in my opinion, from the responsibility of anyone, any particular party, if I'm, if I'm talking about men now, for them to take responsibility for what they have done to objectify um, or to create or support this narrative. So for me, in, in how I've processed this, I begin that conversation talking about representation. So representation matters no matter how you look at it. Um, if you're a woman, if you're a man, if you're a person of color, if you're a person um, uh, in a different socioeconomic class, representation matters. So when we look at images of strong women and they are connected somehow to some sort of trauma, then we say, okay, well, that's a strong person because they had to overcome these negative circumstances, which I believe is true. I believe, yes, being able to overcome circumstances makes you a strong person. My problem is that trauma and challenge is not the only thing that makes you strong. Um, perseverance in life makes you a strong person, not just overcoming some negative relationship. Um, and, and this is how I often see this um, this term used as the strong woman. Oh, she's a strong woman. Oh, she's a strong black woman. Or I'm a strong woman. It's almost fighting. Um, it's to say I had to push through so many obstacles um, of emotional or physical violence that now I'm strong versus I was born strong. I'm strong because I'm here. Not saying I had to overcome somebody's um, controlling behavior to be strong. So um, when we when we look at this, like in film, for example, we see a lot of women having to overcome this um, this abusive relationship with men or parent or circumstance. And that's what makes them a strong woman. And I just disagree with that whole narrative that that's the only way that you can be strong. And because it's a reflection of how people see society or see women, then we see ourselves as, okay, that I have to go through that to be strong. And if I have gone through that, then I am strong. And if I haven't, then I'm, I somehow have to relate to that narrative to be strong. I really want to know what your thoughts are about this because it it really spins the idea of what strength is. Certainly the person um, that was a soldier and got wounded um, and fought their way back to being able to stand and to walk um, in physical therapy and the gym is strong because they overcame some odds that were against them. But also the person that is strong that decided to wake up and go to the gym and work out and lift weights simply because they cared about their body. That too is strength. And if I am to attribute that to how women operate in the world, both the abused woman and the woman that was not are both strong. So I'm challenged in that. I'm challenged in how we view that and how we think about um, how we think about that in society today. Um, so that's and, and then how that connects to um, to male female relationships is that then we're dealing with the physical or emotional absence of a man um, in if he's not. Um, emotionally supportive or physically supportive of what our experience is 
And then we say, okay, well, we've endured this relationship. So that makes us strong. Why can't we have a healthy relationship and also be strong? I, I just, I just want to know. Okay. So that's just something that's been on my mind. So I think that the, the distance between both men and women coming whole and complete to a relationship. And even if there are things that we are struggling with, but helping each other through those things is also strength versus one pulling and taking from one person. And then that person having to now say, well, I'm strong despite you. I don't think that that's healthy. And I don't think that that should be the defining factor in a relationship that attributes strength. Okay. So I want to hear from you. I want to know what your thoughts are. Fusemarriages.com, info at Fuse Marriages for our email or at Fuse Marriages, any of our social media. Okay. So that's my first thought. So listen, I know that I briefly brushed over um, talking about abuse and I do not want to be insensitive to people that have dealt with the um, abusive relationships because certainly you are strong and you're not just strong when you leave, like you are just strong individually. And I say that from a place of experience, as you know, we are very transparent with our, our life. We try to be, um, as much as we possibly can, because that's the whole point of this show. So even in this moment, I want to be transparent with you. I, prior to meeting my husband, Michael, was in several physically and emotionally abusive relationships. So I understand that. I remember one time being at a panel and they were talking about um, abuse. They were talking about women that had been abused. And I remember somebody spoke and they said, well, I just don't know how you could be in an abusive relationship. I'm a strong woman. My mom raised me to be a strong woman and I could never. And, and it hit me in my gut. Like somehow I was less of, I was not strong enough because I was in that situation. And what I've learned are those situations because it was more than one. And, but what I have learned is that by existing, by persevering from the womb, from childhood into adulthood, from learning and growing, you are strong. I am strong. So having to experience the physical and psychological effects of um, dysfunctional relationships does not make you um, any less or any more strong. You're just simply strong. So um, I just want to put that out there because I don't want you, if you have been in a, um, an abusive relationship in any way, um, and there are all kinds, there's spiritual abuse, there's um, financial abuse, there's sexual abuse, there's emotional abuse. There are so many that nobody talks about. Um, it's almost as if, if you don't have a black eye, you're not being abused. So I just, I just put that out there because I don't want you to think that your strength is predicated on your trauma or anybody else to look at somebody else and say, well, they might be strong, but they're not as strong as this person, or I am strong, but I wish that I had not gained my strength in this way. Um, I just, I just care and I get it. And I, I, I struggle with the narrative of strength and, and vulnerability because to be soft and malleable and all of that is not a loss of strength either. Um, Sometimes I, I, I look at how we look at how we view society and say, well, if somebody is soft or, um, you know, mild or, or meek, that they are somehow less strong than the person that is outspoken and um, vocal or or louder in, in volume or in attitude. And they're looked at as as opposites. 
And that's not the case. So that, that brings me to my second point is that this idea, this, this danger of the strong woman narrative, it puts woman against woman. So not only does it isolate the relationship between man and woman by making her feel like she has to assert her strength because she doesn't know how you're going to behave, man, and man, you don't honor her in her areas of strength, um, even if they are not something that you might identify as equal strength. So I'm not out there wrestling a bear, so I'm not strong because I'm at home and I'm dealing with the kids and you're in the corporate office. So you're somehow stronger than I am. Um, that's a narrative that I struggle with within myself. So I wonder if there's anybody else out there that sees it that way. Um, but I, it's not that I don't think men can be the head and men can lead and all of that, you know, all of the doctrine that we're, we're taught throughout our childhood, a lot of us. But it's that I think that they are far more, that they, we are far more equal than society allows us to think. And that's why there's this big pay gap in between male-female relationships. That's why there's so much dissension. Um, that's why there's this hunted and hunty mentality. Um, that's why a lot of women can not feel complete and grow up looking at Barbies like this is the ideal um, and men are over here working with GI Joes. And then you get into this dysfunctional relationship together because you see yourself as, you know, weak and strong, even in biblical doctrine, how it talks about the, the weaker vessel and, and the strength. I, I don't know that, um, that a lamb looks at another lamb and says that that is weak or a wolf looks at another wolf and says it is weak. I guess my, my point in saying all of that is we look at each other as you're weak, I'm strong. And these are the dynamics by which we live instead of saying in what areas, okay, I'm stronger in this area. Um, I'm stronger um, with these particulars than you might be versus you as a person is weak. I am a person as strong. And because of that, then I have dominance over you. That's, all, that's how I see a lot of things happening in society and even in marriages. And I think that those dynamics contribute to a higher divorce rate and um, consternation within the relationship. And now I move to that female-female relationship. Um, women against women, we have problems being vulnerable with each other um, because I think it's this strength um, dynamic, like who's stronger, who's prettier, who's smarter, who has more of something versus how can we come together, queens? You know, we're all queens. How, how, can, we, how can we make society move forward? How can we capitalize on one another's strengths? And I'm saying that in the context of um, personality and characteristics and um, maybe somebody does have um, those degrees, but this other person has some street sense that is going to make things happen. You need both parts. And I, I think that that's a, a challenge when we look at female, female relationships. And for me, as the brainy kind of person that I am, I look at this as some carryover personally, and please feel free to comment. But I look at this as some holdover, particularly for African Americans from the ties of the Middle Passage. And let me say why I think that. Um, I believe, I believe that prior to the Middle Passage, like there was this kind of the strength dynamics, like, okay, I survived that as a black woman. And then I survived slavery as a black woman. And all of these things are true, that we certainly stand on the shoulders of some very strong women. But that does not mean that those that drowned 
during the Middle Passage or those that were still in um, the motherland are somehow less strong. Um, I, I know oftentimes I find myself looking at my daughter and um, I, I kind of have this pseudo flashback because I, I wasn't obviously there during times of slavery. I often can look at her and think I could never imagine the amount of pain that goes along with your child being put up for auction and knowing you will never see them again. I cannot imagine when I look at my son thinking that he is of the age that he might have been being groomed um, to see what it looks like for a man to be sodomized simply to be controlled or to begin to understand that that baby that I nursed, that one that I held, that one that I loved would be shipped away or hung from a tree. And, and, and in my mind, as I contemplate history, real history, not fable, real history, I think that, this, that what it took was a certain amount of quote unquote strength. Again, building on that strength from trauma, but it took something that said, I've got to keep going. And I guess that's why when I look at that word strength as the only adjective that that describes this quote unquote strong black woman, you know, I, I, I I'm troubled by it because it seems to negate the feeling and emotion of pain, of hurt. It seems to say, well, I'm strong, so I'm moving on. Yeah, you're strong, you're moving on. But that does not mean that you are not hurting, that you're not wounded, that you're not crying, that you're not grieving over the things that have happened. And that's one of the reasons that I think queens need queens. We need each other. And this idea of strength, I can't cry because that's going to be used against me. I can't mourn because you won't get it and you'll tell me to, that I need to get over it. I can't really find connection with my sisters because it's all built it's all built on this idea of false strength when really identifying the weakness and the, and the hurt and all of that is strength. It is strong for somebody to say, I'm hurting. That takes a lot. It takes a lot for you as a woman or even as men that might be looking to say, you know what? I'm not okay. You know what? I might need therapy. You know what? I'm struggling in my marriage. Or I'm struggling in my relationship. Or I'm struggling with my past. That takes strength. Not just saying, I'm good. That is, that is false. That is not real strength. It's funny because sometimes, you know, like I like to work out. I like gyms. And you can go in a gym and there are some people that are in the gym so that you know that they are there. They are lifting and all of this. I mean, man, they are throwing, throwing around some weights, okay? And then there's some people that um, are lean and strong. Yeah, if y'all have ever done yoga, there are some people that do yoga that are like, man, they are some strong folks. The things that they can do with their body. And you put these two side by side, this person that has all of these muscles and all of this bulging, and you put this person that is lean and doesn't look like it, and you would say, okay, this one's strong and this one isn't. And that's not true. They can both be strong. As a matter of fact, there are some things that that person with lean muscle can do that that person with bulging muscle cannot. And I, and I use that example because a lot of times we look at one another, women, ladies, we look at one another and say, oh man, she's so strong. Man, I haven't had to go through that. Man, look at her. 
And you, you misidentify because then you don't look at yourself and say, you know what, I'm strong. So then we kind of create these power dynamics between what a strong woman is. Okay. She is in entertainment. So she's not as strong as the person that's in politics or, you know what, she, um, has been through a divorce and made it. And she's not as strong as the person that stayed in the marriage and worked it out. And that's, and, and, and those are just very, you know, very nominal examples, but I say it to say we need to recharacterize what it is to be strong, particularly as we look sister to sister. And I can say to you, my sister, you're strong. And you can say to me that I'm strong and it not be predicated on trauma and it not be, okay, well, you're stronger than, but it can be like, hey, I can help you in that area and you can help me. There are some, some of the strongest people that I have met in my life were those that may have not been seen as the power player in the room. And I just wonder about that. I remember um, being told one time um, by a, a mentor of mine that it is not the person that goes into the room and makes all the noise that is the powerful one. It is the one that doesn't have to say a word. And that's the one that you look out for because that's the one that's holding all the cards. So sometimes we look at the person that's got the baseball cap sitting in the corner and think they don't have anything. They're not, they not about it. Okay, and we look at the person that's making the noise, the person that's sitting at the table, the the person that has the most gestures or, you know, the jewelry or the purses or the makeup or the hair. We look at them and say, oh, they powerful. Look at them. I want to be like them. But I wonder if we if we misidentify the room. So that's that's the kind of as, as I as I look at these at these two dynamics in particular, as I look at um, the male female relationship that is damaged by this narrative of what it is to be a strong woman. And then the female female um, relationships that are damaged by that idea of being a strong woman. And what can we do? How, how can we address that? Um, so something I, I wanted to say, you know, I, I take notes a lot during during our show and I think about these things, Michael and myself, we're always really kind of, we want to make sure that we offer you something that's not just fly by night, that's really something that we've thought about. And I was thinking about strength as a mask. You know, I, I like theater and you have the, like kind of the dueling identities, you know, strength as a mask that we wear to survive that we wear to push through until we can't take it off. And I think about that because sometimes you have to keep the story going. You know, you have to, you have to keep up what you started. I remember my, um, my father-in-law telling my husband one time, like, okay, whatever you did during dating, you're going to have to keep that. You gonna have to keep that going because that's going to be the expectation. And sometimes we do that with the ideas of strength. Like, okay, we came into it this way, so we can no longer be vulnerable. And that's, again, a falsity. That's not true. Um, you can have a friendship that starts off, one of you is, you know, maybe in a better position financially than the other, and the tables can turn, you know, or one of you might be dealing with something um, emotionally, the tables can turn. We are all really just one step away. That's why you can't look down on anybody. That's why you got to watch what you say, watch what you think, guard your mind, because you really are not that far from a fall. Like, so, so I, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say any of y'all, any of us are going to fall, but you got to be careful how you view people, how you talk about people, whether it's in the marriage or what they dealing with personal, personally, you have to beware. And I guess I say this because not everybody has to know your business. 
for real. Not You don't have to put it out on Facebook every time that you and your husband get in a fight. You don't have to talk about it every time that you have an issue with everybody. But you have to talk about it with somebody. You've got to have a small group, some people that you feel comfortable sharing your experience, sharing your honest heart um, that you don't have to put on the show. You don't have to wear the mask for. Yeah, when you go into your office, you you probably can't just be breaking down because stuff at the house is not going right, okay? Maybe sometimes when you run in the ministry at church, you can't be crying all over everybody every time that you go. I get it. But at some point, you have to engage with somebody that gets it, somebody that cares. And let me tell you another transparent moment. This is not my strong suit. So I'm preaching, you know, I'm the kettle, you're the pot. Okay. We, we talking, we, I get it. Okay. I get that this is challenging because it's hard for me. I know personally, I have lost a number of friends because it's so hard to be transparent. It's so hard for me to like expose myself It's personality wise, upbringing wise. I was raised in an era like many of you that said, what's, you know, what happens in this house, what it stays in this house. That is not good doctrine. Okay. Um, But a lot of us were raised with that, with that idea of, okay, between these four walls, it's me, it's, it's me and these walls. It's me and you, what happens here stays here. And that can lead to challenges because then you feel like, okay, I got to hold all this in and be, and be quote unquote strong. I got to be strong now. I got to, I got to put on the mask. I got to wear the mask. And then you're perpetually wearing that mask. So your children don't know what it is to feel and deal with pain. You don't know what it is to address issues. I remember when, when Michael and I first got married, People that know us from when we first got married, they know y'all have come a long way. We still got a long way to go, but y'all come a long way. Because I remember flipping out on him because he was raised, as he said in the sh- in, in on the show, that they don't really directly address issues in, in his family. They kind of sweep some stuff under the rug or kind of covertly talk about things, which to me, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, we got to talk this stuff out, you know, because in my family, we are very direct. Like, look, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. You might have blow ups. I'm not saying that this is the way that it should be, but that's the way it was in my family. So it was oil and water. And I remember one time just throwing my hands up in the air and says, all this that you're sweeping under the carpet, I'm going to trip over and I'm going to break my leg because I can't walk through the doggone room without tripping over all this stuff that you've swept under the carpet. And so I, I think about that because I'm thinking how important friendships are, how important it is for us to have relationship with one another where we're not sweeping stuff under the carpet. So so I'm, I'm concluding here because I want us to think about strength. Why not change that? Why, why not say powerful? you know, mature, worthy, that I'm a worthy woman, I'm a, I'm a brilliant woman, I'm a creative woman, I'm a genius, versus just using strength to identify us in, in our current reality. So yeah, think about being strong, but being strong in context, because the opposite of strength is not docile. It's, it's not just being so meek that you're a doormat. I, and meek really is you know, strength (laughs) to be somebody that is meek. They're really very strong. They know how to control their tongue and their behavior. So I just want to reframe this idea 
um, of what strength really is and why I think that it can be dangerous. But I want to hear from you. So thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure that you connect with us. Michael will be back and we will be talking about something new. But I want to hear from you on this topic. Check out our website for more context and resources. FuseMarriages.com. Hey, let's talk about it. You're listening to Fuse with Tristan and Michael.